0: Our first speaker tonight is Josh Gilliland. He is an attorney blogger on the Legal Geeks and I think he's got like groupies here because I see a lot of Star Wars gear. Can can we hey groupies? No. You don't do that. Okay, my bad. In the, like the politest way. Um, So Josh learned to fly before he could drive. He was born on Constitution Day, and he's here to save the day. He runs.
1: Thank you, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here, and uh, I want to endorse San Diego Comic Fest. That's how we got our start in doing panels on geekdom and the law. Star Wars was one of the first things that we talked about at San Diego, and if you get a chance to talk with Mike Towery, he's one of the statesmen of geekdom and a profoundly wonderful human being. So, can't say enough nice things about Michael Towery and San Diego Comic Fest. Alright, now let's talk about Star Wars. And the law. (laughs) Star Wars is a wonderful way to talk about the law because we all are familiar with the facts. And because of that, we can dig in and go uh, and do analysis. And lawyers learn in law school something called IRAC, Issue, Rule, Analysis, Conclusion. And we're going to be showing you how to do that with Star Wars. So the first great legal issue in Star Wars is droid rights. (laughs) R2-D2 and C-3PO walk into a bar, and they're promptly told, we don't serve their kind here. Now, that actually has been said in places, and when that happens, lawyers go to their computers and start typing, because that's discrimination. We don't like that. And we've passed a bunch of public accommodation laws before the Civil Rights Act of 1965 because we don't like discrimination. So, the issue for R2 and C-3PO is they have feelings. They can think. You know, when R2 is in Java's palace, a little power droid's hung upside down in his feet, branded, screaming no, and all those droids are made to watch. That's evil.
0: <laughs>
1: so droids have feelings, and yet they are denied entry into a bar because of their status as droids. Well, Californians, we, we aren't cool with that. So our public accommodation laws are very, very broad on saying you can't discriminate against anyone in a place of public accommodation based upon sex, race, color, religion, ancestry, national origin, disability, mental condition, genetic information, marital status, sexual orientation, citizenship, primary language, Or immigration status. Fortunately, everyone up there is biological in nature. So this is really complicated to get into because how would a lawyer sue for R2D2 and C3PO? Because they aren't people. And if you read from a certain point of view the chapter on Roar the Bartender, he hates droids because they killed his parents. Wonderful chapter on that. Well, to really get into that issue, come see us at WonderCon. And that's all I can say. Well, let's talk about the other big issue is stormtroopers really should sue whoever makes their body armor. Because a blind guy with a stick beats them up, and predatory Ewoks with axes can take them out. And that's highly problematic because those, those, you know, the body armor that they all wear has a warranty in it. So if you dig into uh, the different uh, guides that are out there, there's actually a warranty that the Imperial Department of Military Research expressly stated that all armor is to protect stormtroopers from projectile weapons. Ooh. So if you were to sue on product defect litigation. The model that we have is police officers who were suing because of defective bulletproof vests. And they got into supply chain analysis, uh, a bunch of cases were lost, but if stormtroopers had like a union and they went out and sued, <laughs> This is the jury instructions that would go into the case. (laughs) That the Imperial Department of Military Research made an affirmative or uh, affirmation of fact or a promise that the armor would protect them from projectile weapons. They relied on that promise. The armor did not conform to the promise. They suffered damages. And the damages uh, was caused by the defendant's failure uh, to construct body armor that projected uh, protected the wearer from projectile weapons. Think about Churrit on Jeddah. He had a stick. Think about all those carnivorous Ewoks. Sticks and axes and arrows. And you might say, like, so what's the harm? Well, that's the next issue we'll talk about, Ewoks are war
0: criminals
1: (laughs) So if you've watched Forces of Destiny The the two three minute cartoons That they've been putting out Some of them are disturbing This is one of the most disturbing Ones that they did It's called an imperial feast And the Ewoks Have the imperial POWs And they're preparing a meal And they're going to Fire roast stormtroopers, and Han and Chewie are standing there laughing, and Leia comes in with, what? And she makes sure that they don't kill the stormtroopers for dinner. Wicked, because that looks like Wicked, actually strikes one of the bound stormtroopers with his spoon when Leia tries to stop them from being eaten. Now, there's actually war crimes case law that happened. Uh, the Japanese on Chichichima, uh pilots got shot down there. It was near Iwo Jima. And because of the perverted Shinto beliefs that the officers had, they believed that eating the livers of the American POWs would give them mystical strength and other creepy things. It's told with great detail in James Bradley's Flyboys. It's a brilliant book. The only pilot that didn't get eaten was an Avenger torpedo plane. He bailed out, but his two crewmates didn't make it out. He landed in the water, treaded water, got in a little raft, fought off sharks. A submarine came and rescued him. Uh, he then ran with Ronald Reagan to be vice president of the United States and then became president in after the election of 1988 and then his son did as well. So That's HW. But let's talk about all the war crimes those Ewoks committed. First off, torture. Because they came out of the trees. Striking a bound POW designed to inflict emotional or mental pain. That's a war crime. And so when they're getting ready to rotisserie roast them and they're hitting them, bad. Second part of this, forcing stormtroopers to watch their buddies be fire roasted is torture. Those Ewoks playing drums with stormtrooper helmets? Where are those stormtroopers?
0: No. What were
1: they eating at that victory party? So, cooking POWs is cruel or inhuman treatment? That's a war crime. So you're not supposed to do that. Uh, the act of killing stormtroopers for dinner is Murder and that's not allowed uh, eating them would be mutilation or maiming and how the Japanese uh, officers were prosecuted cannibalism isn't in the Geneva Convention because it hadn't been a problem before we didn't expect that to happen and, and the military didn't tell the family members we're sorry your son was eaten because they don't know how to say that they didn't want to freak him out so the charges against the officers was desecration of a corpse that's how they got them in addition to murder torture uh but yeah that'd be mutilation and eating pow's would cause intentional serious harm because they're over a rotisserie like a lobster and it's bad yeah, because they're still wearing their armor, so it cooked them. Yeah, it's, it's really sick and evil, but hey, let's make this a, a short cartoon for four-year-olds and hope they're okay with it. So
0: <laughs>
1: Leia did stop the war crimes from happening, but again, go back to the victory dinner with Yub-Nub, I'm not sure there are Ewoks that didn't eat Imperial officers. So let's talk about some of the best relationship advice that Star Wars has. So Anakin Skywalker in Attack of the Clones sees his mom killed by by Tusken Raiders, and he freaks out, and he comes out of the tent, immediately beheads the Tusken Raiders outside, and then goes to slaughter the village. He then teaches us a valuable lesson if anyone is romantically interested in you and they say, I slaughtered them all. (laughs) Even the women and children. They're animals. Don't reward that conduct with marriage. (laughs) Don't get secret married. Don't have their babies. Don't. But someone might say, well, is that a hate crime because he took out an entire village because they we're all Tuscan Raiders And yes, that would meet the elements of being a hate crime However, could you argue The insanity defense That the stress of seeing his mom die Caused him to go over the edge And I think that would work for the first two <laughs> And when he's talking to Padme There's not exactly remorse It's they're animals I'm glad I killed the children That you don't walk off Because she knew what she was getting into when she married him. So, yeah, not okay. But you might wonder, what about the younglings? What about Revenge of the Sith when Anakin walks in there and kills a room full of children? That's a hate crime. All those kids were murdered because of their religious beliefs in being Jedi. That's why they were killed. Alternatively, you could go because of their uh, force abilities... That was a genetic marker that was used to kill them. But yeah, he murdered those kids. Now, if you read uh, the, the marvelous Darth Vader comic that Marvel's put out, the first uh, edition of it, he goes back to Tatooine after the destruction of the Death Star, and he has some free time, so he murders Tusken Raiders. Hate crime. So it was destroying Jeddah and Alderaan War crimes. Well, if you think about it, somebody like Krennic or Tarkin or the emperor could say, the only way to stop the rebels is to kill their families. And if you think, hey, I'm not sure I would want to vote for somebody like that. (laughs) (laughs) The answer is, yes, that's a war crime. Targeting civilians who aren't engaged in the fight is a war crime. So blowing up Jeddah war crime. Blowing up Alderaan, war crime. And let's dig into some other ones. The targeted killing of Galen Erso.
0: <clears throat>
1: the rebel general, uh, Davids Darthen gives an order countermanding Ma Mothma for uh, Cassian to kill Galen Erso, thinking that's gonna stop the Death Star. Well, the only analysis that we really have on targeted killings is the DOJ memo that we have on killing Americans running around with Al-Qaeda. So let's go through those factors. So factor one, an informed high-level official of the U.S. government has determined that the target individual poses an imminent threat of violent attack against the United States. It wasn't imminent. It was already built, and killing him wouldn't stop it, so that's a problem. Uh, capture is infeasible. The original order was to go get him, so, yeah, it was. The only reason it became infeasible is because he ordered X Wings and Y Wings to bomb Edu. And the operation would be conducted in a manner consistent with the applicable uh, law or principles. Problem with that, just saying go kill him doesn't. Murder. This is a revenge killing because he was associated with the M. He could have been very helpful, could have provided plans, stated, this is how you need to find that exhaust port that I put in. (laughs) But no, they just go out and do a revenge killing. Let's talk about fives. Who here watched the Clone Wars? Who here watched that amazing finale to Rebels? Well, you have four seasons to go catch up on. It ended (laughs) fantastic. So, a cartoon for seven-year-olds did a magnificent job teaching everyone about civil rights based upon race. Clones are viewed as property, and in one of the episodes, The Unknown, one of them has Order 66 triggered early. We find out that all the clones have biochips in them that are waiting to go off, waiting for that order. And when we get to rebels with the lost commanders, we find out that some of the members of the 501st actually removed the chips that they had in their own heads, so that way they didn't turn on Jedi. So you might wonder, would the insanity defense apply? That there's some mental disease or defect out there that p- caused them to not know the wrongfulness of their actions? Well, that biochip sounds like a mental disease or defect, and that is bad. And I would gladly defend any of those clone troopers because they didn't know the wrongfulness of their actions. So let's talk about the real villain in The Last Jedi, and that's Poe. Poe single-handedly reduced the resistance to fit in the Millennium Falcon. There are a variety of issues with this. You could look at it as he doesn't like listening to women, and so he's a misogynist. Or he just doesn't like people who are older than him With more experience who knows what's going on Either way you cut it He needed to be shot So (laughs) You have a duty to follow lawful orders Him deciding to destroy the dreadnought And turn off the transceiver Got all of the bomber pilots killed And most of the other X-Wing pilots Bad Leia's order was right And I've seen people online go like, well, he was proven right because they were chasing them later. It's like, well, time out. The Supremacy, Snoke ship, had those cannons as well. That's how they were shooting at them. So if they had escaped all at the same time, not everyone would have died. And if Poe didn't have impulse control problems, he would not have led a mutiny sending Rose and Finn a canto bite for that unnecessary 30 minutes of the movie. (laughs) And everyone would have been okay. But no. And there's no good hair defense. Uh, The the punishment in times of war for doing a mutiny or insubordination is death after a court-martial. They would have been right to have thrown him out of airlock. At a minimum, Holdo should have thrown him in the brig saying, I don't trust you. But she didn't. So let's talk about Cassian murdering those two dudes.
0: <laughs>
1: so in the beginning of Rogue One, Cassian does his old yeller impression on his informant, or, or a little more Lenny, um, shoots him, and then, because he wants to protect the rebellion. That is completely murder there is no legal justification just to put somebody down that being said from a real politique point of view he was right that would have ended the rebellion if that guy had been captured second time on jeddah when he shoots one of saw guerrera's guerrillas with the explosive device that would have killed Jin, that's defense of others and that's proper and he was right to shoot that guy But he had to live with killing his informant. So let's talk about (laughs) my greatest contribution to the practice of law. So let's watch the original. Louder.
0: Why is it not coming
1: off of mute? Ah. So, he's the only one that shoots. Okay, good. And let's talk about self-defense. Stand your ground is not new. It's been around since the beginning of the state of California and a lot of other ones. If a person is being assailed and they reasonably believe that their life is in imminent danger, they don't have to back down. Han's in a corner, so there's not like there's any place for him to go. And... He can use lethal force if lethal force is being used against him. Well, when you break down the scene, we go (coughs) over my dead body. That's the idea. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Yes, I bet you have. Bang. And it's not the guy at point-blank range shooting over the table. So, Han's right. Absolutely. Gassing and killing people, that's a little more complicated. So, with that, questions? Yes, sir? Do any of these laws change if you're dealing with
0: someone who's not a
1: civilian? I mean,
0: they're enlisted, they're not civilian.
1: Uh, So, the answer would be yes. Um, Most of these issues with with, what law applies, we use military law in cases dealing with people in the rebellion. Uh, we use general law, either state or federal, for analysis because it's a teachable moment. So, yes. Uh, yes, Your um, Honor. i long pondered
0: <laughs> whether the dark side of the course is an addiction or a lifestyle choice, and I've never heard
1: your <laughs> 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 Judge Devin, who, who did our San Diego Judges on Comic-Con panel with us, uh, weighed in on this. I think it's a choice because when you go into a room full of children and you make the choice of, I'm going to save my pregnant wife by murdering children, that's, he did that on his own. When Kylo Ren committed homicide, nah, he did that on his own. And so he was said he was being tempted by the light, but he's still offed his <coughs> dad, who's the spirit animal for most people in the room.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Other questions? Yeah. Oh. Uh, on the Stone Cooper's Arbor case, can you argue that cubs and axes, you know, they're not projectiles? Like, hey. you, know, uh, uh, well, you know, the yep. that cubs have, like, they're, not, uh, they're not good against knives, for example.
1: but they they also get hit with arrows and with the blunt trauma to the helmet um, because I watch Return of the Jedi in slow motion to look at this (laughs) uh, there are axes to the head there are arrows taking out uh, the biker uh, troopers so looking at at this which is supposed to deflect blasters and projectile weapons I think there's a good argument that their armor is ineffective However, that might be a future mock trial in the near future. <laughs> yes, sir? Um, I have an Ewok friend who just texted me. He wants to know, do the Stormtrooper clones still taste like chicken? No. Um, <laughs> do clones taste like chicken? Yeah, I, I would never know. Never know. That's kind of like asking, do Ewoks make good slippers?
0: No. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: Do Jedis cult, uh, qualify as a cult or a religion? I think we would really need to dig into the Jedi Code, looking at the length of it. Australia, I believe, recognized it as an actual religion. Uh, <laughs> fictionally, I think it makes sense for it to be a religion. Yes, ma'am? Going back to the Ewoks, um, <coughs> eating their you know, conquests or whatever, is there some sort of a law that would defend a primitive society? for eating the things that they killed? So, I, I did a blog post on, can we help uh, hunt Ewoks for their pelts? <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, and part of the analysis with that is, are they just a feral little species running around like little bears? Uh, because they don't have a written language. However, they have figured out glider flight, and somehow it still flew, um, and, and rigging all those logs to take out at that that puts them a step above just being feral little animals, and they also had a really uh, sophisticated religion so we just never see any written language, so I don't think we could hunt them, and I don't think they get a free pass for eating people <laughs> yes ma'am Uh, personhood of Ewoks versus droids I think because law favors biology That they'd be viewed as a person uh, Even though a droid could be smarter But that's where things get a little weird uh, But I do think they would have a step up under a law, our laws
0: I thought I saw Yes
1: So the question is, would the projectile weapons of the Ewoks be too primitive of a weapon for the armor to uh, protect? That would be a good argument to make. And if it got to a jury, we'll see how it would go. But uh, (laughs) if family members were consumed over a rotisserie by Ewoks, they might not go over too well. So the law will always be with you. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and now Spotify. Uh, Here's the blog. We try to do at least one post a week. Uh, I have a Runaways post about to come out. I'm about to get very busy with Jessica Jones Season 2,
0: because
1: that's going to be fun. So uh, I can't tell you the specifics, but come see us at WonderCon. You'll have two opportunities. And San Diego Comic Fest, I can talk about. We have a mock trial for Frankenstein's creature. On on whether or not he's legally competent to stand trial for the death of little Maria. If he understood the wrongfulness of his actions. Because we don't like five-year-olds being chased through a village by an angry mob with torches and farm equipment. Um, That's what happens at the end of the 1931 Frankenstein. And also whether or not the doctor could be prosecuted for leading to the delinquency of a minor. And we have law students uh, from Golden Gate University and a couple others that are participating. It's going to be a lot of fun. And come see us at San Diego Comic Fest. Where is San Diego Comic Fest going to be? I don't know, Mr. Chairman. Uh, (laughs) Third weekend in April, which is April 21, 22, 23, if I remember right, somewhere in there. Yeah, I believe it's the 20th or the 22nd. I also heard their dorky chairman was giving away a pair of free passes to San Diego Comic Fest tonight. Miracles never end. (laughs) So with that, oh, yes, sir. When is WonderCon? Uh, That is March 23rd, and that's the important time to see us. 24th is Saturday, and then Sunday the 25th. Anything else? Thank you all for having me.